Within the shadowy confines of the Bridgewater Triangle lies a cursed realm, a beacon for misery and despair. Here, the earth itself becomes a vessel for death and destruction, and whispers of supernatural magnetism taint the air. This malevolent place nestled in the heart of southeast Massachusetts spans an area of some 200 miles, ensnaring those who dare to traverse its boundaries. Framed by the towns of Abington, Rehoboth, and Freetown, this land has long been veiled in an aura of malevolence and otherworldly forces. The devil's touch is said to linger here, leaving an indelible mark upon the landscape, forever intertwining it with darkness. Demon hand on my buttocks. That's where I like it. Here, time itself unravels and the skies bear witness to unearthly crafts that defy explanations. UFOs soaring through the inky abyss, their origin obscured by darkness. Ooh. <laughs> You are now entering the realm of the Freaky Deaky, an unsuspecting stop at the crossroads of fantasy and reality, where the frayed edges of make-believe seep into this cookie-cutter, white-picket world you've been led to believe is far from extraordinary. What you're about to hear are true stories. Alleged true stories. Christian, just... Okay. Tales of the strange and inexplicable thought only to exist in film and folklore. Although difficult to accept, we do not know everything about this reality, about time or space, what lies beneath the ocean's depths. And try though we might, the unchanging truth remains. There are some things we legitimately cannot explain logically. Christian, why don't you get a couple drinks in while I welcome everyone back into the show. Welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. As always, I'm your host, Scott, and I'm joined by your other host, Christian. And of course, that's what you get for messing with me. Terrified. Anyway, we're glad that you could join us once again for yet some more freaky, some high strangeness, if you will. If you are new to the show, welcome. Please take a moment of your time, if you're enjoying your stay, to rate and review the show. You guys got us past 100 reviews on Spotify, and that is highly appreciated. Let's keep that going. Let's keep pushing it. Let's see how far we can take this. You know, we really appreciate all your guys' help helping us grow the show. And if you want to do that even more so, you can binge through our YouTube videos to help us reach a certain quota that we need by the end of the year to monetize the channel and when that happens it's only gonna help us grow even further so check us out at freaky Deaky pod on youtube instagram and facebook and threads and at tft paranormal on tiktok if you have a story of your own that you would like to share with the show send it into the gang at the if there's some information that you have on the bridgewater triangle we want to hear that too feel free to comment wherever you're listening give your thoughts or join the facebook group at freaky Deaky pod as well and that's fairly new and it's kicking off and when we're enjoying it we're enjoying interacting with you guys a little more talking to you guys we always love hearing your stories and your takes and episode suggestions and this one i believe was actually an episode suggestion from melanie who is well she's just an amazing human being that really enjoys the show and that's all you need in life she's all right i'm just joking and there you go. i'm Oops. just joking Oops. just just kidding Mel. uh-oh canceled it's fine 
Ooh, hot takes. Yeah, so I think that's pretty much it. Probably the final call to be in my mom's episode. If you want to have your dream interpreted final call, leave a voicemail at 801-997-0051 with your creepiest dreams or nightmares and hear what a dream interpreter says about them. Isn't that amazing? I, I hope for a lot of nightmares. Me too. Wouldn't that be interesting? Like that we didn't have to live through it. We're just like, oh, I'm glad yeah. I didn't experience that. But yeah, send them in. We want to hear them and it's going to be a really interesting episode. So if that tickles your fancy, do it. Okay, Palpatine. Let's get into the show, shall we? This might be the briefest intro of all time. And if I keep explaining how great it is, it's going to get longer. So yeah. Christian, let's dive in, shall we? So Scott, if you, how, how familiar are you with the Bridgewater Triangle? Ah, tasty. I feel like I have heard it thrown around many a time, and I've probably heard a handful of stories from the area, but I'm not actually too familiar on the lore or anything like that about it. So I'm kind of interested. I'm I'm a little interested, I guess. I'll sit back and try to enjoy this. It's funny how many triangles are there are in this world. Why do they keep making these places triangles? Yeah, add one more point. Let's make it a Bridgewater rectangle, huh? A parallelogram. The Bridgewater parallelogram. <laughs> I Yeah. Have you heard about the Bridgewater Octagon? I love that place. It's, it's like a UFC championship. It's brutal, man. Hmm. Anyway, so, let's, let's get going. We're going to start with just the facts, ma'am. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the area. Located in southeastern Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Christian, I think you're making this place up. Massachusetts? Is it Massachusetts? Yeah, something like that. Hmm. Do you want to try again? No. Okay. I'll just make it worse. Now you now you get you give me a complex when you do stuff like that. Puts ooh. its hand on my butt. I didn't mean to hit the butt one, but it worked it worked out that it said ooh at the same time. So yeah. it's fine, really. Located in southeastern Massachusetts is the Bridgewater Triangle, an area of about two hundred square miles that has been the site of legends and curses for centuries. And has been said to be called the home of strange phenomena, including ghosts, Bigfoot, UFOs, and other strange creatures. At the center of the region is Hakomak Swamp. Hakomak, yeah. See that one I've heard of. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad, because I'm like, I think this is the right way to say the word. The swamp was long used by Wapanog in by the Wapanog Indian tribe before European colonists arrived. We call them natives now, but okay. Cancelled. I don't know what to say to that. Before them, other indigenous people are known to have lived in the area as human artifacts have been discovered that date to 9,000 years old. From about 300 AD to colonial times, Native Americans, see how it switched there? I do, yeah. Depended on the swamp as an abundant source of game. These people revered the swamp for its bounty and used some of its areas for sacred burial grounds. The Wapanog. Both, and we, I apologize if I can't say these yeah. na names, but. Yeah, don't be one of those TikTok people that comments and says how disrespectful we're being because we can't pronounce things. I mean, some words are hard to pronounce. And also, if you do that, I will roast you into oblivion. So just okay. keep that in mind. I can't even say alien beings anymore because of the way I pronounce that. Surprisingly, so. you actually did say beings. So you might be coming around. You've been practicing I, in a mirror. Yeah, like, you can say home. beings. I have like an hour recording of me. It's like, you know, when you write the sentences a hundred times, that's just me saying that a hundred times. That's true. So they both worshiped and feared the area as the chief de deity of death and disease called Hobomok was said to dwell in the swamp. Among many Algonquin tribes, Hobomok was often destructive, evil, and usually in opposition to 
Kautentuik. Kautentuik. Nailed it. The greater creator god. The Wapanag people, I probably said it different each time, named the swamp Hokomak, meaning place where spirits dwell. Early English colonists called it Devil Swamp. Of course they did. Wow. Because they considered the Native Americans Everything was the devil. Yeah, exactly. First recorded during colonial times, bizarre reports began to be told about the Triangle area, including giant snakes, my favorite, strange creatures, some, somewhat cool, ghosts, and missing people. Did you know that because of the Bridgewater Triangle, we got the missing kids on milk cartons? That's not true anyway. So that explains why I didn't know it, huh? Yeah. All right, moving on. Called an arrow, but, B-U-T-T. Butte? But. I just, it was going to, but, but I'm like, let's add an extra T in there. And then Scott came up with this fancy little thing about me. But, yeah, see, I figured he had that one. Can I offer you a can of beans in these trying times? Thank you, man. Oh, it's just moving back over to the other one. It's all right. Yeah. Unclench your cheeks. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not going anywhere. Not cool. Therapy is expensive for me because of you. The spooky mysteries of, Brid of the Bridgewater Triangle linger, luring seekers into the realm of UFO encounters where odd lights and suspected extraterrestrial objects have left an everlasting impression on collective memory. The 1970s saw a fascinating spike in UFO activity with some of the Triangle's most renowned cases centered on the enthralling apparition in the night sky. Throughout the summer of 1978, several tales of strange lights dancing above filtered in, adding to the region's aura of the unknown. The next spring saw still another increase, which peaked on March 23rd, my sister's birthday. Happy birthday, Jody. Jerry Lopes and Steve Spragia of WHDH Radio News found themselves witnesses to a strange scene as they drove near the Rainham dog track. Remember how I talked to you about whippets in the last episode in Greyhounds? No, because I probably cut it out. Okay. A beautiful glowing object resembling an arrow or a baseball home plate appeared over the tree line and grew in the size. I and, said, if you build it, yeah, they will come. And grew in size as it approached. First thing, you can it can't be the shape of an arrow or a home plate. Those are two different shapes. A really fat arrow. Yeah. Really fat head arrow. Yeah, it doesn't fly very far the guy trying to pitch that as what it looked like they're like it's not working guy it wasn't an arrow he's like no it was like a you know like a fat head arrow guys right <laughs> i was like look at steve he's such an idiot yeah but that's a great band name look at steve he's such an idiot that too hmm. fat arrow i don't know what that means okay they were mesmerized when they noticed a string of lights and a sparkling line danging danging dangling from a from the gigantic ship which was the width of five 747 flights before departing into the huge space. Before departing, the UFO hovered above a neighboring field, evidently surveying its surroundings. Decades later, these two men are still certain that what they witnessed that fateful night was out of this world, which is even more remarkable given Lope's Air Force experience. That is pretty remarkable. Yeah, so. That's a little remarkable. <laughs> just a little. <laughs> that thing is huge, though. I don't know, five 747s, huh? Those are big ass planes. I'm always amazed when I when I'm flying mm. and my little 737s over there near a 747. You're like, yeah, that, that's like twice <laughs> the size of this. It makes you wonder how these things enter the atmosphere, right? 
or if they're stored here, like if it is government projects, how they just appear there. Well, I guess if you can move space and time, which it seems like, then maybe moving this thing from underground to above ground would be pretty easy. Or you just store it underwater in the ocean. That's very true, Christian. Excellent point. Yeah, that's probably the easiest place. And, and probably the most likely. Yeah, yeah. Cost, the cost is low. Mm-hmm. And if somebody sees it, you're like, you were drunk on the ocean. Yeah. And the person goes, you're right, but I still saw it. You're right. Does that mean my eyes stopped working, pal? Yeah. This next one is sort of related to that. Okay. And and I have basically telling some stories, but I also added some stories from people that were actually in the place. Mm. So perfectly round or not arrow shaped. (laughs) Not arrow shaped. Yeah. Strange encounters have occurred in the skies above Bridgewater Triangle. We already know that. After an unexplained power outage, guests at Rehoboth, you know that word is just... So after an unexplained power outage, guests at a Rehoboth restaurant saw two two huge, perfectly round circles imprinted in in the mud behind the facility in 1973. Yod marks sparked speculation that a UFO had descended from the heavens. Strangely, nearly three decades earlier in 1942, back in 1942, in 1942, local media reported on objects resembling parachutes landing in into Freetown. Christian seems very bored of this part. No, I'm strangely nearly three decades earlier in 1942, local media reported on objects resembling parachutes landing into Freetown Bush without any accompanying human forms. The police undertook extensive searches in response to other similar allegations from bewildered witnesses. Like now I could, now you kind of could see police investigating this stuff, but could you imagine like going back in the forties and fifties and the police back then having to get called out to these kind of things? Uh, They're probably like, what the hell? Okay, let's do it. (laughs) Let's see. And then that's, this is why we beat this No. Leave that part out. Were you going to put the minorities? Is that was that? I was going to just say the the people. Oh, I wasn't going to pick it. I mean, pick it like what the minorities, Christian. No. <laughs> no. When 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 you have to go out in the middle of the bush of Rehoboth, you're going to beat anybody that makes you go out there. The the bush, you say? Ooh. <laughs> okay. Next up, drums chanting and things that scream in the night. That's a no for me on both. Yeah, this one comes from Jabenoy. Of course. Who else? I. Uh, not anyone but Jabenoi. Yep. Related to Jamiroquai. Not really. Not even close. That was dumb. I'll leave it in. Yeah. I thank you. I grew up in New Bedford and would and would go hiking and spend the night out there in the Freetown State Forest, not very far from Profile Rock. My brother and I had experienced on more than one occasion things that were not explainable. This would have been between 1990 and 1999. We heard ritualistic drums and chanting one night. Mm. Another night, glowing orbs that we thought were other people carrying lanterns or high, or high-powered flashlights. However, there were no people upon checking it out, and they just faded away before our eyes. Never mind the screams you would hear in the dead of the night carried by the darkness. On another occasion, and this still haunts me to this day, we were hiking in what I can only describe as the darkest night imaginable with limited light sources, and as we were hiking along the path to our right, we heard something breaking brush and tree branches charging toward us in the pitch black. That is not a fun thing to experience, I imagine. Yeah, especially in a forest where there might be bears mm. 
or just crazy people in general. I was reading on one of the hiking in Alaska groups about, I think it was around Mount Baldy or something like that. That confuses me because we grew up in California and there's a Mount Baldy there. Mm. Yeah. But they said there was a wild man running after people. I think he was naked wearing an axe, not wearing an axe but using an axe and saying that he's going to kill people. And then they got back to their car and there's like four cars with like slash tires. And, and this happened on multiple days in a row. So this wild man just out there in the woods. Brings back an old, an oldie, but a, a goodie. Mm. Meth. There you go. Yeah, we'll have to do an, an episode on wild people, like the wild man of the woods and shit like that. That's not like Bigfoot, but just like crazed human beings that went off the grid. That would be pretty. Nothing cool. paranormal in it, but just app, maybe we'll do that for YouTube. Cause that that's be just creepy as yeah. hell. That's almost scarier than paranormal. I think it is actually yeah. scarier than that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't close my eyes and this go away. That's right. He's still coming at me with an axe. Oh, mm-hmm. now I lost a leg. Oh, yeah. Narrating the whole thing as it happens too. Yeah. You're welcome. Whatever it was, it was massive and heavy. And as it charged, it let out this otherworldly demonic growl. That's the only way to describe it. I now live in Seattle, Washington, and I am 37 and an avid hiker. And I've heard everything from cougars, elk, caribou, wolves, and bears, pretty much most big game. And this was none of those. My brother with a baseball bat in hand charged the wood line, swinging and yelling. And just like that, the night fell dead silent. Not a cricket, not a sound, just the sound of our hearts beating in our chest. Creepy. Yeah. Probably a bear, though. Oh, really? Or a Bigfoot. Or a big barefoot. Yeah, you don't hear about those too often, do you? No, no. That's what happens when you get a Bigfoot and a sow bared up together. They make a big barefoot. Ooh. <laughs> Christian, I'm tired of your perverted ways. I'm sorry. It's just the way I am. I'm a Christian. Puts its hand on my butt. Mm. I feel like that's part of a song. Yeah, that'll be the just right before the drop. <laughs> Puts its hand on my butt. Puts its hand. Pew, 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 pew. No, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. People can play the rest of that out in their own minds. Yes. Okay. So moving on. So before even considering the other world, worldly, the woodland region can be, considered, can, can be considered to have clearly bad connections, according to academics such as Christopher Balzano and Tim Weisberg. I had some friends back home that had really bad connections, too. Did you? Hmm. I'm sorry. It's okay. You need a hug? No. Do you need a hand on your butt? No. Okay, good. I had to think about that one for a second, Mike. Hmm. So Tim Weisberg is a Massachusetts-based paranormal researcher and frightening South Coast radio host. They talk about the disproportionate level of criminal activity in the forest may even be directly tied to Bridgewater Triangle's larger otherworldly vibe, which Weisberg describes as a darker area. After all, the woodland has long been associated with ghostly sightings and other paranormal events, particularly those of menacing kind. A spectral guy was observed hovering, moving like he was sprinting a few inches off the ground before disappearing before witnesses' eyes. According to one account linked to a rugged and scenic trail named the Breakneck Trail, he said it. He said he saw a. He he saw on sh- the edge of my seat right yeah. here, Christian. <laughs> I don't I don't know how else to say it. What did he see? Damn it! It's it's sexy. He saw a shirtless, mm. shoeless, maybe Native American. Ooh. A longtime resident in the region claimed seeing a similar apparition one and a half miles away on an unpaved road at the visitor's car park off Slab Bridge Road. Another shirtless and shoeless Native American guy vanished into oblivion, this time in the frigid depths of winter, leaving the witness in amazement at the light blue aura she had seen around him. 
Eerily, a ghost light is similar to a Native American tale which, in which people who die at the hands of the fable hair-covered puckwudgie reappear as spheres of light. The old puckwudgies. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm pretty sure you never heard of puckwudgie. I've heard of puckwudgies. Have you? Yeah. I have not. Wow, Christian. Wow. So, and for those, for anybody that hasn't, according to the Wapanag people who live in southeastern Massachusetts and have a 227-acre reservation in the forest, these creatures are little yet violent, resembling conventional European images of a gnarled forest imp, but with ashen or blue-gray skin. Puckwudgies are said to have a stronger-than-usual link to the Freetown State Forest for some unknown region. Not only that, but victims of this two-foot-tall trollish creature, which is supposed to be many, are said to be locked under its control for eternity by manifesting one of its chained soul lights. Sounds like a, like the Stephen King mm. um, from It, the lights that you see. There you go. The Puckwudgie aims to hypnotize fresh victims, unwary hikers, and trappers who are tempted to stroll into bogs, quicksand, and over cliff edges by the glow of the light. Indigenous communities, particularly the Wapanoag, have a troubled connection with the Freetown free free State Forest, according, according to local academics. Despite the fact that the area is used for annual ceremonies and key meetings, residents have come out to claim to experiencing a strong presence of ghosts in the woodland. One local youngster quoted Christopher Balzano's 2008 book on the area. Its stories went so far as to declare that the forest has such an airy aura that you just want to turn back and leave. It was not a place where the adolescent felt ease. So Good. not great. Yeah. I kind of want to go puck wedgie hunting. Well, we can make that happen, guys. All you got to do is binge through the entire YouTube catalog, start bringing in some money to this show, and guess what? Christian's puck wedgie hunting. That in and of itself would be worth it totally worth it. So a lot of times people in the area hear the disembodied voices or, or they feel like they're being watched. Very true. Perhaps the most distressing sensation described from the forest is that linked with Assinet Ledge, an 80 foot high sheer granite wall that slopes down into a pool of water. Hmm. The ledge has a long and terrible history, having been linked to numerous incidents of persons committing, you know, during the 17th century. You know. Yeah. Several Native American warriors are said to have jumped from it rather than die at the hands of the Puritans. Later, a young woman who was prevented from seeing her sweetheart chose the cliff over a life without love. Then in recent decades, there have been numerous reports of persons falling or deciding to jump from the woodland to the edge of the cliff. Those who have, who have hiked to the natural location have even described being overwhelmed by an overwhelming desire to leap as they step out on, upon the ledge. The old call of the void. Yeah. Yeah. You ever see those, like, sometimes people take those really pretty pictures of somebody sitting up yeah. on, like, one rock, and I'm like, nope. It's all perspective, too. Most of the time, there's, like, rocks underneath it. They just don't get those. But I've seen videos of people making those where it's, like, they make it look like it's a cliff, but honestly, that cliff is above another, like, series of rocks. And so even if they fell, yeah, they'd probably hurt, but yeah. they'd be all right. Either way, that's just yeah. Uh, if anybody like the people, there are a couple people that would do that. That's me with all the skyscraper runner dudes that like film themselves free climbing skyscrapers. Like, hey, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're giving me anxiety. I yeah. I can't even watch this. Those who have managed to resist have gone on to talk of seeing a spectral lady in white, presumably Ooh. the doomed lover. 
and phantom warriors hurling themselves over the rocky edge, evidently encouraging them to do the same. It is also rumored that the Pukwudgie uses the ledge as a hunting ground, with tourists claiming to have been physically attacked at the place on rare occasions. Weird. How'd you like to have one of those stories under your belt? Well, when I go Pukwudgie hunting, I will not be going in this area. Which is weird because you would think if he wanted to hunt one, he would go in this area. I'll stand off to the side where to the entrance of this area, but I'm not going up on the ledge. No, man. It's the only way, Christian. The only way to die. But wait, there's more. Aside from the lethal atmosphere of the cliff, the Freetown State Forest is rumored to hide other terrible secrets, such as shadow figures, robed witches, your favorite, and according to a former detective sergeant, Alan Elvis. Totally made up. Yeah, totally made up. Or Elvis just did an Obi-Wan. Yeah. Called himself Alan Elvis. Wow. We found him right here on the Freaky Deaky. You're welcome. This detective found an under underground bunker stocked with scary dolls. Without even looking into the full extent of the forest, 40 in reputation, one quickly gets the impression that, like the rest of the triangular region, it is a highly paranormally active location. Why would you want to store creepy dolls in an underground bunker, unless they're all cursed. They, this person goes around the world hunting creepy dolls. That is much better than what the Warrens did. Yeah. Let's put it in a case where my kids can get into it. Stupid. <laughs> a guy named Aaron Casu, who is co-creator of a 2013 documentary on the Bridgewater Triangle. He's also a self-described skeptic. Whoa, those are so rare. I don't consider myself skeptic. I consider myself skeptical. Wow. We're much better than the skeptics. Wow. Deceived everyone the entirety of the show. Yeah. Who knew? Dis <laughs> He's a skeptic despite covering the Triangle's paranormal phenomenon fairly in his film. So skeptics can't be fair. Is that what this person's saying? Sounds like And it. it's true. I mean, t sometimes it is. He's more interested in the region's history and true crime components. During an interview, he indicated that Bridgewater Triangle does not necessarily contain any more paranormal activity than any other 200-mile area if subjected to the same level of investigation. The Freetown State Forest, on the other hand, was a magnet for darkness, particularly of the cr criminal variety, given the seemingly infinite record of not only illegal activity, but crimes of the worst and most horrific kind linked to the 5,000-acre area. Maybe that's part of the reason it's so creepy there is because the energy is so bad. Could be. All the crime and crazy shit that went down created this imprint on the land. There was, a, I believe it's... Man Who Had a Dog? Bingo? Yeah. Not surprising, since I've heard that song a million times lately. In an attempt to explain why this is the case, researchers like Christopher Balzano have proposed that negative energy can cause not only unpleasant ha hauntings, and monster encounters, but also all sorts of negative human activities. And one of the few legitimate, I guess you'd call it a devil-worshipping cult, I think is from nearby in Fall River. There's your devil worship. But there is no devil, Christian. So what's that about? I mean, there doesn't have to be a devil to have a devil-worshipping cult. I guess that's probably how you feel about all religion, isn't it? No. Again, that's for Freaky Deaky After Dark when we get there. Mm. Ooh. All right, this next one's from... XXX, Soul Reverse, XXX, Triple X. You know what movie he liked. In the chilling spring of 1976, the quiet town of Abington was plunged into darkness as a malevolent presence swept through its rural residential area. Surrounded in the depths of a dense, of a, surrounded in the depths of a dense, 
Christian, what were you surrounded by? I was surrounded by a dense swamp that stretched over a hundred acres, a monstrous throat-eating canine rumored to be bulletproof emerged from the shadows. Dread engulfed the south shore as whispers of the beast's savagery spread like sinister fog. The gruesome tale of how the hound tore the throats from two defenseless ponies, cunningly entrapping them with methodical precision, sent shivers down the spines of locals. Bound to trees, the hapless creatures had no escape from the gnashing jaws of this abhorrent creature. The terror intensified. Actually, since I didn't put it in here, but these two ponies, they're tied up to a tree. Hmm. And this thing, this black dog or evil dog chased them around the tree. So they got wrapped up so close they were just next tied to, to the tree. Yeah. Wow. And then it did its stuff. Then t- the terror intensified with the chilling news when the chilling news surfaced that not only one, but two town officials had attempted to confront the unholy creature, firing bullets with trembling hands. But much to their dismay, the maleficent creature defied the laws of fate, eluding the path of projectiles. Gross. <laughs> Descended like a relentless storm upon the town, suffocating hope and sanity in its wake. Mm, that's not what you want. <laughs> no. This haunting event was forever etched into the annals of darkness, inscribed as the Black Dog of Abington. And it's in the legendary chronicles of the Bridgewater Triangle, a realm where enig- you can tell this guy is, wants to be a writer. The enigmas and malevolence intertwine in a dance of nightmares. Dance of nightmares, I would have gone with something else. but Dance of dragons? That wouldn't have Christian. <sighs> a gruesome discovery unveiled the creature's macabre, macabre. Macabre. I know. I think they in, in <clears throat> England they say macabre. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure I've heard British people be like, it's so macabre. That sounded more like a rich, blonde, white lady from, you know, the Hamptons, but... Yeah, I listened to a whole, like, an audiobook by Neil Gaiman, Hmm. um, and he kept saying macabre. That's how I used to say it, and then I thought, I heard people say macabre, and I'm like, oh, it must have been macabre. And I was like, wait, are they shortening it? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't... But So anyway, we're going to go with macabre, because that's what we all go with, normally, in this country, at least. In unity, we say it. Macabre. Yeah. Guess it was just me. Macabre for the U.S., same as... Not using the metric system. Wow. Christian <laughs> always has, finds a way to bring it back to the metric system. It bugs me. As a firefighter named Philip Kane stumbled upon the grotesque scene, his young daughter, Carol, unveiled the horror that had unfolded in their background, background backyard. The ponies, Jojo and Peekaboo, lay lifeless. Oh, no. Their throats ravished by a, the gargantuan hound. Hound. A vicious, hound. Hound. Nothing but a hound dog. Yes. A vision of terror drenched in blood. With courage mixed with terror, Philip Kane confronted the beast, willing a desperate baseball bat in hand. But the dog, immense in foreboding, was not easily deterred. Even the piercing crack of a pistol shot, shot missed its mark, allowing the infernal creature to vanish into the murky abyss of the adjacent thicket and swamp. Wow. You got to wet your whistle because... But... I, could, I didn't want to scroll to find it, so I just went with butt. Folks, for some reason, this these two the two episodes you this episode and last week's are all about butts. I'm but, trying to make out. I mean, you know, it's a butt thing. I'm tr- definitely trying to make out. A day later, Officer Frank Curran tracked the malevolent hound to the desolate Summer Street railroad tracks. Bloodstained and maleficent. He already said that the creature walked in with an unholy aura. Be weird if it walked in with a holy aura. Yeah, that would be scary. But even when the officer's aim seemed true, we found out he was a stormtrooper. Wow. 
That part I had. His, oh, did you? That wasn't yeah. actually part of the story? Yeah. Interesting. His bullet betrayed him, missing its intended mark. The monster escaping once more, leaving behind another trail of terror and bewilderment. The beans might come. Damn it. That wasn't the right one. They might. So rumors of the black dog sightings proliferated like phantoms in the night. Panic and paranoia gripped the hearts of residents as every shadow seemed to conceal the ominous canine. From the streets to ice cream stands, from the woods to apartments, the malignant presence was seemingly omnipresent. To the window, to the wall. With all the people, tall and small. Wow. <laughs> nope, thought you were actually going to get the reference, but it's okay. I thought you might have learned since the video we did. What was it? To the window, to the wall. I'm just going to leave you hanging on that. You'll get it at some point. Will I? It might be a while. Okay. Unless someone comments the rest of that phrase, but... Please comment. Save me the work. Hmm. Calls flooded the Abington Police Department, drowning them in over a thousand pleas for protection and sightings of them, the creature. <coughs> oh no, it's got Christian. <coughs> Damn. Uh, you ever just like, it's no. not like a tickle. It's like almost like a, uh, something like a pinprick in the back of your throat. Now my eyes yeah. are watering. It's a sad story. It is. I'm verklappt. <coughs> Armed with rifles, police escorted school children no longer safe in the daylight, fearing the darkness that stalked their town. Kane caught in the web of this continuous, this ominous affair, later divorced as well. No, became a reluctant as expert on the creature. From neighboring towns to his own, he searched relentless, relentlessly for any hint of the abomination that had claimed his daughter's innocent little ponies. Yet with every lead, the beast remained elusive. Eventually, the beast just stopped coming around and just disappeared. What do you think? He got bored. He's like, I'm tired of these people. Yeah, he's like, ponies aren't really my thing. Yeah. I need a fresh start. <laughs> I've had a rough go at this town. It's funny that, I mean, the way they make it sound like this dog was huge. Maybe a, mm. a wolf, a dog man, maybe a demon. What do you think? I mean, we've done a story on a large wolf attack, right? Yes, we have. I think if that's possible, then this is possible. Yeah. We're going to Maroon Tiefling, and he talks about a spirit named George. I'm already bored by this. A spirit named George? They couldn't... I mean, this uh, is... Ba if, a spirit named George. George was a popular name up until yeah. recently. It needs to have the fire of, like, Cthulhu. You know what I mean? Like, there's a certain power that that, that name holds. And if you say the spirit... George? No, Cthulhu. W would you name your kid Cthulhu? No, but I wouldn't name him George. Hey. My grandpa's name was George. And I bet he resented that. His name was George Partridge. Now, tell me, Christian, did he or did he not have pear trees? <laughs> okay. He had, a, he had a partridge in a pear tree, so. So there you go. Actually, did no, he ever he, live in a pear tree? Because that'd be even more fascinating. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't have a pear tree. He had a house built in one, and then he, he was the partridge. He was, he was born in a pear tree. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then eventually, he grew up and had a musical family. Wow. Not really. Different parts. Uh, really, yeah. We figured. We George, figured. George is a spirit that haunts the theater at Bridgewater State University. And as someone who minored in theater, I had an on-campus job in the costume shop. I promise he's there. I heard and saw him out of the corner of my eye several times in my three years there. But my favorite moment, moment was my first encounter. I'd been at the school for a few months and already heard about George, but didn't take it seriously. 
One Saturday afternoon, we were all on the stage working on some big set pieces for our production of Guys and Dolls. I heard some footsteps walking up the stairs to the stage from the basement where the green room, costume room, and a bunch of classrooms and storage area are. Then I heard the door to the stage open and close. I wasn't looking, but from the sound of the footsteps, I figured it was Brett, one of our scene shop managers. I needed him for something, so I called out to him. After a beat, one of my classmates said, Brett's not here. I think he he had gone to get lunch. So I said, no, I just heard him come upstairs and open the door. To which one of the other shop, scene shop guys said completely nonchalantly, oh, that was George. Classic George. You know what ruins George for me? Mr. Seinfeld. Costanza. Yeah. Costanza. Believe it or not, I was it at home. Cause no, it's fine. <laughs> Do you even know what that song's from? Yeah. What? Because we talked about it like 10 episodes ago, but I can't remember. The Greatest American Hero. The Greatest American Hero. Yeah, I remember it being a dumbass name. Like, it was a dumbass show. Classic. Yeah. Okay, this Ooh. one's from Antisocial Blogger. Aren't all bloggers antisocial bloggers? Possibly. I was born and raised in Fall, Fall River and still live here. Never heard about the Bridgewater Triangle until five years ago, but have seen things over the years. I used to travel Route 24, Fall River, and Tauntaun every night for years, working second shift. When I saw Tauntaun, I immediately... It was like he traveled to Fall River on a Tauntaun? Interesting. Did he have to cut it open to stay warm? That's what I was thinking. I'm like... You would. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely would think that. I have seen fireballs on more than one occasion... I've had paranormal experiences when I was a kid and as an adult. Had a very strange UFO sighting right over my house back in the 90s. Saw something weird in the woods off Route 24 once. Looked like something out of Close Encounters. Fog, flashing lights, the whole shebang. Mm -hmm. My buddy who was driving did not want to investigate. Yeah, I imagine. (laughs) It wasn't not like he was driving with Travis Walton or something. You know, you and I'd be screwed because we'd be driving somewhere and that would happen and I'd, I'd kick you out back hey i believe all this shit man you don't so go out there and check it out i'd be like scott we have a podcast we have to do this for the listeners mm. famous last words famous back last to, words yeah call back yeah not so famous last words is probably the true answer but it's fine yeah heard a story from a friend that encountered a black ufo hovering above the trees on the path to profile rock with his girlfriend back in the 60s a little racist but all right Oh, I get it. Ah. I was like, what's Ooh. racist? Story from another friend that told me him and his buddies got chased by an Indian Native American. A little racist, but yeah, all right. By a Native American on horseback while driving somewhere around Freetown years ago. But they were too high to remember where. Okay, we'll finish off with a tree falls in the woods. Does it make a sound? I don't know. It might. We weren't there. That's a whole different episode. That is. This one is from Illustrious Bread. Hey, I get it. Not me. Bread's just so-so to me. Wow. Get out. I grew up in Rockland, Abington area, which is at the northernmost tip of the BT. While cryptids weren't seen exactly, save for supposed sighting of a goat eater. They have a chupacabra there. I mean, why not at this point? I'm in the wheel. What's the cryptid? You know what I mean? What do we get today? 
Everybody's a winner. A multitude of unnerving situations were experienced by myself and friends growing up that directly encouraged us to have an interest in the occult, paranormal, etc. It's hard to describe that the woods in the area, while lovely and friendly to hikers, they've always seemed to have a dark, nauseating, heavy energy, which always made the experience of being in the forest more stimulating above and beyond just having privacy as a youth. That would make sense if you're young. Mm -hmm. That would be scary as hell, but at, when you're young, you will go into scary places yeah. and sometimes die. <laughs> sometimes they die. That's yeah. right. <laughs> just a brief overview. Many stories of decapitated cats being discovered around town, personally finding an occult altar in the woods, the beheaded goat carcass discovered in the woods behind a cemetery on Webster Street by the police, friends finding a de decapitated squirrel head found stuck in the tree branches in the same wood. The only one I can say might have a legitimate reason was the squirrel head. Yeah, but even that's kind of weird. Some animal just like, oh, I don't like the head. It's not meaty. Just kind of prop it up here on this branch. Just dropped it, maybe a bird or something. The rest are pretty creepy. Yeah. All indicating active occult activity or one or more sick individuals. And I'll have to look it up, but I think there is a big story about the cult there yeah. in Fall River. A lot, of, a lot of weird, creepy cult shit happens in the woods too, so not surprising. Yeah. An odd experience of being in the woods and feeling unnerved as hell to the point where a friend and I booked it out of there on our bikes only to hear lightning crack and have a very large, very old, healthy, and full-grown tree fall behind us fall behind us directly along the path toward us. Weird. To where the treetop missed my friend by about five feet, dramatically blocking our re-entrance. A few seconds earlier, and we would have been struck by a random falling tree. If this experience wasn't preceded by the, that feeling of substantial dread, I would have thought it was a massive freak occurrence. But honest to God, we felt we needed to get out of there ASAP. And we weren't in the woods spooking ourselves out. We were just having a light having lighthearted conversations when that feeling washed over us. Weird. I could go on and on and on. And about, on and on and on. Okay. Yeah, about bizarre personal experiences, experiences, but many are subtle, subtle feelings of dread, hearing voices, music. Those aren't really subtle. Maybe yeah. the dread is, but hearing voices and music, just a few things to note about the area. It's suspected it's being used for or formerly used for occult purposes. There's an airbase close by that has been linked to suspicious aerial activity. And also the area has been, has a bizarre history that I'm a bit familiar with as I spent my, an entire summer pouring over old 19th century news archives. Wow. That, that Exciting I don't think, summer, pal. Yeah. That I don't think are now available to the public. This was in the nineties. I know for an absolute fact that there are mass unmarked graves in the area, that many roads are paved over graves, graves in which headstones were simply moved, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, uh, that alone would be enough for some creepy shit to happen, you know? Yeah. Isn't that, that's so weird. It's strange to think that that has happened all over the country, probably yeah. all over the world. Yeah. Other, all over the universe. True facts. Other things like nature. Perhaps interesting to some, King Philip's War as well. Lots of strange, dark local history there. Who knows? I'm not crazy about the paranormal, but I suspect that occult or rituals have been performed in the area. King George 
or King Philip's war, I think was King Philip was the leader of the, the tribe and they kind of went against the settlers. Mm. You know, another strange occurrence that happened there was the Lizzie Borden murders. That is definitely a strange one. Yeah. So it's a creepy area. Yeah. That I totally want to go. And we will. That That's a place in America. It's a lot easier to travel to. So, and it's in an area that's not super uh, expensive, I imagine, right? Yeah. If we go at the right time, we can catch a couple of hockey games in the area. There you go. Yeah. And that whole. In that hole. You're that, right. That whole oh. area is spooky as hell. Exactly. I mean, that whole part of the country. Yeah. All the way down to Florida. All the way down to Florida. What do you think? Bridgewater Triangle winner? I think so, yeah. And uh, it's not even... We should also say, this This episode's a little shorter this week because uh, of time constraints. And uh, my wife is going away for the, the night. She's first. leaving our son for the first time ever. He's just going to hang out at the house by himself. Just kidding, I'll be there. And um, yeah, so we're kind of juggling a bunch of stuff. So essentially, it's a little shorter than usual. And Melanie, I'm sorry, you're probably going to be very upset. Especially because this is an episode that you wanted us to do. And now we not only didn't make it longer like you enjoy, we've made it shorter. And that's ironic and kind of funny. But maybe we'll do part two at some point. If yeah. there's stuff we missed, send it in. And we'll, we'll cover that in the next part. There was a lot going on in this area. So we, we will probably have to visit the triangle again. Yeah. Christian, is there one thing that you have taken away from looking into the Bridgewater Triangle outside of everything is uh, interesting? You know what I mean? Obviously, ghosts are real. Hmm. What'd you think when you found that out? Ooh. Spooky. No. Yeah. What do you think, Christian? I would. I agree. I would. You know, I'm still stuck in my same thing where I kind of don't necessarily believe the ghost mm -hmm. thing. I mean, what about that tree story at the end? Healthy big ass tree falls right in front of you. Sounds like Bigfoot to sounds me. Sounds like some Bigfoot activity, yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly how I mean we've heard stories about them blocking paths before into their territory. That is true. And we're in that area, I mean that's, everything lines up. Yeah. Wudgies, maybe. Maybe there's some mischief afoot. Yeah, you're up near Canada where they you know, if there's Bigfoot in the area, they can migrate up to Canada, mm -hmm. come down to states when it's getting cold cold be a little less cold and they mm. can try to topple trees on the heads of little kids sounds like christian has it all figured out as always as never anyway uh yeah let us know what you guys think in the comments wherever you're listening if you're on youtube leave a little something something in the comments below if you are listening anywhere else take just a moment of your time rate the show five stars guys we really appreciate it we put a lot of work into this show and we're constantly putting work into uh stretching things out expanding the freak universe are we using mm. the fact that your wife my daughter going out of town we're gonna do some something later on tonight too we are yeah it's undecided exactly what but something will be done video wise tonight so and i'm currently editing certain videos and whatnot that'll probably be out by the time this happens hopefully what the hell was that i have no idea i thought it was maybe china coming in to yell at us for taking too long and with that, follow us on social media at Freaky Deaky Pod. I know, that was scary, <laughs> I was huh? like, too fast. I was like, slow down, mouth. At Freaky Deaky Pod on Instagram, Facebook, threads, YouTube. 
and at TFT Paranormal on TikTok. If you have a story of your own, send it into the gang at thefreakydeaky.com. We love hearing from you guys, and we hope you have a fantastic week ahead, friends. In the meantime, stay freaky. Is that a demon standing behind you? demon hand on my buttocks. The Cave of Higher Beings. Ooh.